0: Serious, forensic investigators of Reddit, what are some of the most disturbing and horrific cases you've worked on? I was a med student doing a trauma rotation in NYC. Guy comes into the a super torn up, escorted by more than a few police officers, and handcuffed to the gurney. Long story short, he was mentally unstable, and lived with his parents. He snapped that morning, stabbed both of them a bunch of times, then jumped in front of a subway train and got rolled up underneath it. He survived, and remained conscious and even conversational as we literally cleaned tar off his skull, not head, skull, like, hold flaps of skin back and pull sticky tar and dirt from the bone. He couldn't see anything because his face was so badly injured. What stands with me forever were the conversations. He clearly was not living in the same reality as the rest of us. He talked a lot about comic books and TV shows. At one point, he asked us if this was going to take long. We all kinda look at each other, like wtf is this guy asking the cop finally answers. I'm not sure you're going anywhere anytime soon. The patient replies well. Can someone call my mom then and ask her to feed my birds? Like, dude. You murdered your mom less than an hour ago. Jesus. Imagine coming around from a psychotic break to find out that you've killed your parents. Used to work in the field. Craziest was a chap who tied a steel cable to a tree. Then through his car window, secured it around his neck, then floored the car. Cable ran out of slack and, well, pop. Always amazed me how clean it came right off. Decapitations are normally pretty messy but this guy's creativity led to a fairly clean, instant, and memorable death for those who worked his case. Oh and also toxic mega colon, google image search that. Just not during dinner. Just imagine dying of a 20 kilogram turd stuck in your guts was like delivering the world's worst baby when we pulled it out during the pm. The latter one is how Elvis most likely died, impaction from opioids. I'm still fresh in the field and don't have any super horrific stories, but I interned with a police department while working towards my masters. I went to a scene with a deceased adult male, suspected overdose and very recent, he was dead for around 8 hours, if I recall correctly, nothing gruesome. But his parents found him. They were crying in the next room as an officer spoke with them. At some point we went into the deceased's bedroom, which he shared with his toddler, and I distinctly remember seeing all the toys on the floor and how they were the same ones my little cousins had. I started getting a bit emotional. But then we found bags of powder hidden in the child's clothing drawer. At the university, I took a medical investigation course that was taught by a medical examiner. Lots of case photos but the one I remember was of a suicide bomber. The explosives he had wrapped around himself exploded downwards. Everything below the waist was either gone or a tangled mess, but his top half looked completely untouched. I also did a mock reconstruction report for the 1970 MacDonald murders. I had access to scene and autopsy photos, including those of the children. These were almost 50 year old pictures so the quality was not the greatest, but I don't think I'll forget them for a long time. I've seen the crime scene photos of the McDonald murders. Messed me up for a long time, considering I've got two daughters myself. Terrible and heartbreaking. Okay, this dates back many years to my time as a US Army CID criminal investigator. I was working a fraud case against a soldier, whom I'll call Sturgis, who had been collecting housing allowance, but actually living in his car. Total was about $11,000 so it's not like he was looking at prison time or anything. Worst case scenario was a dishonorable discharge. But his company XO made a hobby out of making this guy's life miserable while the investigation was going on. He personally escorted the guy to all his meetings with me, the JAG office. And other than that he was basically on full lockdown. One day they had an extended field exercise, still on base, but sleeping in tents for a few days and doing, I dunno. Infantry stuff. When they got back to the company grounds, everyone lined up at the arms room turning their M16s and other various weaponry, but Sturgis instead walked out into the middle of the parade ground and sat down. The XO came out after him, yelling all the way about what a world of crap he was going to rain down on him. Sturgis stood up and shot him full auto with ammo he'd pocketed from the range, stitched him from groin to neck. Then Sturgis sat back down and put the muzzle to his eye socket and held the trigger down for as long as he could. Once the duty agent who got the call put together who the cast of characters was. He called me since I had the existing case file. When I got there the XO's body was gone. They'd taken him to the Abit DOA. Sturgis they didn't bother with since his head looked like a deflated basketball. Turned out that the bullet from his rifle went right through his brain and shattered the top of his skull, and the muzzle gas pushed his brain completely out of his skull. One perfect hemisphere was laying next to him, the other a surprisingly long distance away and had landed in an anthill and was crawling with ants. I used a tongue depressor to roll the loose parts of Sturgis into a plastic bag. His autopsy was the next day, and I attended to take photographs for the file. Not a personal thing, that was almost 30 years ago, and I can still hear the medical examiner say ugh, there's freaking ants all over this thing, like sorry dude, was that the thing that made this job too real for you? It's almost as if treating someone whose life already kinda sucks like complete crap doesn't tend to produce any good outcomes. Long story short, arson case. Two kids die. Lady who started the fire also lived in the house but got kicked out by the owners for whatever reason. She had a previous felony arson charge. They found her a few days later living with her boyfriend in a tent with multiple gas cans. She was arrested and released with charges completely dropped. That's when I realized 1. How freaked our judicial system truly is and 2. I didn't want to investigate homicides anymore. As an EOD tech. Did a few post-blast analysis, PBA, on suicide bombers. The dong is remarkably resilient to explosions that don't produce a lot of fragmentation. It's just soft flesh so it shears right off a lot of times then gets deposited in the local area. Pretty freaking whack thing to find when you flip over a piece of wood or something looking for evidence about the device. This is by far the most out there thing. I've spent 10 minutes scrolling through a violation and crap. Now I'm reading about blasted dongs. My mom was a state police forensic scientist and did the DNA for all sorts of horrific cases. Aside from the countless diddlers and incest debaucheries, I think the worst one she told me about was a girl who gave birth in her bedroom, hid the baby in a box under the bed, and her dog proceeded to eat the baby. She didn't tell her parents she was pregnant because they were very religious and she was underage. I was on the scene of a crash where a drunk mother went off the highway, into the central median which was basically a ditch. She hit a support column for a bridge and her two daughters, 6 and 8, were ejected. The 6 years old was dead on the scene and the 8 year old died in the helicopter on way to the hospital. Mom lived, of course. The impact was so hard that I was standing about 300 yards away with the car's battery at my feet. When dad found out, he attempted to attack mom in the hospital. Unfortunately, police were there to clear her to go to jail and stopped the dad. Don't drink and drive. Kids and adults. Don't drink and drive. (laughs) Digital forensics here. I had to sit through a film of a blindfolded, screaming 8 year old girl being abused every way you can image by two overweight Russian men. The film lasted about three hours, and the abuse would have caused her permanent injury. The mind was where the bag was taken off her head and a gun was presented to her face. If you've never seen a small child suddenly realize their own mortality then I suggest you never do. One of them pulled the trigger and her head disintegrated in a shower of red mist and brains. The other held up a newspaper which was to show the date. The film had been commissioned by someone else who wanted this to happen. Presumably so he could jerk off to it. Humanity is fricked. This is the worst one I've read. Kid who got his pajama drawstring stuck on bunk bed post when jumping down. The string ripped almost entirely out of the waist and must have caught him under the armpits. He managed to wiggle down out of it until he got to his neck. Needless to say, no bunk beds in our house after that. They have removed drawstrings from many children's clothes in recent years and old pyjamas because of incidents like these. Not crime scene investigator but in uni I did crime and investigation and part of it was reviewing old cases. We were lucky enough to have a talk from the lead investigator on the Myra Hindley and Ian Brady case. During the talk we got to review the official crime scene photos including ones that as far as I'm aware the press nor family had ever seen. On the way in we had anything that we could use to take a photo taken off us to prevent any being leaked online. One was a photo of a half skeleton and half human as the soil had fully preserved one side of the body. Even though it was just pictures there images I wish I'd never have seen along with some of the sick stories you had about what people had done it made me never do anything with my degree. Client committed suicide by connecting zip ties around neck and pulling. Frantic scratch marks indicated they regretted the action but could not cut the zip ties due to sharps restriction. Sharps restriction enforced due to recent morbid self-mutilation. Claw marks on neck and lack of oxygen to the brain was the saddest I've ever seen. The inability to say the individual died on their own terms is often the only bright side to any type of suicide I deal with. That regret. I've seen it with people who try to OD on Tylenol or Abdol. Once you get to a certain point, you can't reverse the process. You die painfully, and you know you're dying. Paramedic here we got a call to an unresponsive infant. When we arrived the father holds the baby in his arm with no pulse so we started CPR. Got it back. A few hours later the doctor from the hospital called us and asked out if there were any sites of abuse because the baby was shaped to death by the father. After child services take the 6 other kids away it turned out that all was abused, was hard to see and the baby is still branded at the IQ. Other call was at the morning of the 1. January a few years ago to an unconscious person turned out he was dead for several hours and his best friend, who killed him, packed his body in a cup because he couldn't look at him. That was also my first call pretty rough. The most disturbing case I ever worked was 5 years ago in Manhattan. The cadaver of a homeless man was brought in. He had been stabbed 254 times by implements of varying size. I found small burns in various places. His eyes had been gouged out, violently, and there was a cue ball in his mouth with teeth behind it. His dong had also been removed and inserted into his shitute using some wooden implement. To me, it seemed like a group of sick people picked someone no one would care about and decided to do terrible things to them just for the fun of it. The police came to the same conclusion and never made any leads as far as I know. That one kept me up for a couple weeks. Just knowing there were people out there in my city who could do something like that for no obvious reason other than entertainment, and they got away with it. Gives me chills. Freaking heck. That's horrible. It's beyond unnerving to know some people get off on killing the homeless. I remember there was some case a few years ago where someone was bludgeoning homeless people to death with a hammer, and he was only caught when the police set up a trap to catch him in the act. My dad used to be a hero driver. It's the people that help you when you have a flat tire and stuff like that. Sometimes they're at accident scenes. So my dad was the first at a scene of a woman who was driving to wrong way on the highway who hit someone in a head-on collision, causing her to fly out of the windshield to end up ran over and trampled by cars. Her jaw looked a broken and her lower face was flat and her eyes were wide open. I wasn't even there but I cringed at the description. Rookie police officer here. It was my first full year on the streets and morning roll call just broke and I got into my patrol car and started to get myself situated for the day when a call comes over the radio for a person with a weapon which is a fairly common call in my area of patrol, so you never really know what you're gonna get. So I get to the address that radio gave me and get out of my car and start going towards the property where the call came from when another patrol car shows up and meets me at the door, but it's locked. So we start knocking very loud and hear a young woman crying and screaming and she eventually opens the door and shouts upstairs third floor and points up the stairs. So we don't have any information whether it's a gun knife bat or anything so we draw our firearms and start up the stairs. I was the first inside the third floor and all the lights were out and it was still dark outside so I draw my flashlight and start making my way around bends and turns of that floor when I see some lady sitting in the couch and I say mom. Where is he at as I cross in front of her with my flashlight and clearing the rest of the room when the cop behind me put his light on the lady and sees she has a 12 inches knife in the center of her chest. Turns out the woman was smoking PCP the night before and stabbed herself in the chest. What's weird about it was that she was sitting upright with her eyes open and her head straight. Then we looked at the floor and it was covered in blood. So after stabbing herself square in the chest she walked around a little bit before sitting down on the coach and passing away. Stay away from drugs. Good grief, that's terrifying. Guy in Naples. FL cut the throat of all five of his children in a bathtub, ran away to his home country and needed to be extradited back to the US. I'm not an investigator but I figured this had to be up there on one of the most disturbing stories I've heard. This guy was a cook at Miller's alehouse and seemed normal to the people around him. Nope. I studied forensics back during the CSI craze. I noted right out of that program when we reviewed the Dharma crime photos. We reviewed those in our JA classes. The first day of class that's what the professor used to see if the kids were prepared for it several kids didn't come back later that week i was an Inkton but guy finds out his lover was cheating on him flies into a jealous rage and stabs the guy to death with the handle of a frying pan he gets him the first time in the kitchen Vic manages to get free and runs up the stairs gets caught and stabbed again gets free again and makes it to the bathroom where he gets cornered in the tub and stabbed to a bloody pulp Me and another intern were tasked with picking bits of organic matter from the drain with tweezers. I worked as an investigator for child protective services for a few years. Lots of disturbing cases. Thankfully this one wasn't mine. A common pattern in CPS cases is that boyfriends of mothers often are the abusers perpetrators. As you can imagine we would see lots of drug use and domestic violence cases. This particular case had both. A first time mom had a baby girl, mom was a drug user, likely M, but I don't remember for sure, and had a boyfriend who she allowed to move into the home. But mom would leave her boyfriend to care for her infant daughter. At one point the boyfriend, assumed to be high, decided that he wanted to freak. Unfortunately the daughter, now 3 months old, was the only one around. The boyfriend proceeded to violate the 3 month old. Obviously the child was crying out in pain. And in order to quiet the crying during the act the boyfriend covered the child's mouth. As a result he suffocated and killed the child. He then took off and ran from law enforcement. He was eventually caught and sentenced to prison. I don't remember the time he was sentenced, but it was a very long time. I used to be a guardian ad litem. We had an infant child whose mother, heavy drug user. Thought ghosts were haunting her child at night. Turns out it was the mother's bf violating the child at night. The child had to get reconstructive surgery but ultimately died later due to complications. I no longer am a guardian ad litem. For those like me who are unfamiliar with the term guardian ad litem. A person the court appoints to investigate what solutions would be in the best interests of a child. I can't imagine you see the best of society in that job got called in to do a post blast at a government compound, recovery operations couldn't really start until I was done due to additional hazards, one part of the building had completely collapsed so I climbed up the rubble pile so I could take some measurements for my report when my leg sunk in, turns out someone had been there during the initial explosion so I was now knee deep in someone's chest cavity. Continuing to work the site I had to go through a narrow hallway with the coroner working a body that had been shot and hit with a few RPG-7s so it's a pile of goo mostly. I grabbed his shoulder to let him know I was passing, but he ended up tripping me into the mosh pile by being startled. By the end of the day I looked like someone in Evil Dead. I'm a cop and my first body on the job was interesting. A man who had very little contact with the family hadn't checked in, in over 5 weeks. The niece popped over and the locks were changed so she could get in, however there was a bad smell at the front door. We arrived, forced entry into the propyli and there he was, dead for a long time and the smell was atrocious, all through the house. He had decomposed that badly in the locked up house, mold was on the walls and he had begun to liquefy into the sofa he was on and into the carpet. I also remember that he had no eyes and the mold around them turned him in nightmare fuel. Coroner's has to double bag him as he was quite liquidy. I worked in forensic units, essentially where they send the criminally insane. I didn't see any bodies but worked with the people that created them. One person was getting a divorce, one parent was using the other's mental health, depression, but well managed, worked full time, to gain full custody and they could afford a better lawyer. They drowned all four of their kids at bath time in a psychotic break. One person waited until their parents were asleep, went to the shed, got an axe, and started with their father, then their mother, killed grandma last, then told the police they did it so they could be with Jesus, they really thought it was what they would have wanted, one person was in prison for something unrelated, and one day during checks they were found to be holding what looked like an organ, like a whole bloody mess, they used a blunt prison knife to stab their cellmate, and then managed to cut in deep enough to find the liver. It took long enough for anyone to get the guts to get the organ out of their hands that they are a good amount. They said they wanted to know if it tasted different to the liver served that day, and thought their cellmate wouldn't mind. One person had only one eye, his other one was gouged out while they slit the throat of a random stranger on the street. This was because the voices told him to. One person was imprisoned for murdering two people one day they decided to introduce someone's head to the floor multiple times they said prison was very boring for them and they he missed hurting people just a hunch but i'm guessing the two murders they was charged with weren't their first they had a very impressive list of diagnoses including bpd npd aspd we had plenty of people who did some really depraved things debauchery torture hostage taking i definitely wish i hadn't read some of the index offenses But often it was necessary to know exactly what to avoid doing or saying to who. A fair few years ago now I was involved in an investigation where a zookeeper whom had nurtured this pack of male wolves from pups, was out of the blue attacked and eaten by them. That was a bit gruesome shall we say. Overall, most of the work involves child abuse though which I'll spare you the details of. I've seen some horrible crap and trust me, you don't want to know the details. I worked in CSI in Mexico. Once we went to a safe house where the police found 14 people who were tortured and executed. You could smell the iron from the entrance. Upon entering there were two women with broomsticks taped to the shit chute and the glory hole. In the upstairs bathroom they found a woman tied to the toilet. Died of dehydration had urinated and defecated on her for days. It was evident that they also violated her and beat her before turning her into a toilet. One of the rooms had 5 shackles on the wall and in the center a metal bucket with water. The 5 people died of hunger and from beatings. The sickest was in the backyard, in a warehouse without windows there were several bodies that had their faces and hands removed. It was like watching a horror movie, but that's the narco in these places, excuse my bad english. This is so horrifying to even begin to imagine. So after 2 years of trying my fiance finally got a job at the police station under records and she has already dealt with a lot of fricked up crap. Like 2 weeks in there was an 11 year old that committed suicide. Her mom was apparently outside crying and saying he was such a happy kid but the neighbors said otherwise. Saying he was obviously depressed. Apparently the mom had a drug problem and would tease this kid about spending time with him. If he did anything she didn't like she would leave him there for hours on end alone letting him think he's a frick up. The kid literally starved of having no affection or quality time with the parent. Hung himself in his room. On the other end, I had a class in 8 with a former infantryman. He was sitting down at a table with 3 other dudes all on their laptops when one of them just stands up and screams frick and walks out without closing his laptop. Few minutes later they hear a burst shot come from outside. My buddy had some criminal investigators come up to him asking him what was on the laptop. Turns out his wife emailed him saying she had been cheating on him. She was taking the house and kids, all of it. He left the room and went up to one of the guard towers. Told the soldier the co wanted to see him and that he would be holding his spot till he got back. Took his rifle, put it on burst and blew his head open like a cauliflower. They had to repaint the whole gore tower black to hide the bloodstain. He said he hated him for doing it because that black box was hotter inside than it was outside. My mother knew a coroner in the 1990s. The IRA tried bombing our local theater but it went off prematurely outside killing both of the bombers. I am told it looked like someone emptied a butcher's shop onto the street. for now